0: Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, Certified Financial Planner, Jonathan Bedner.
1: Welcome to the 43rd episode of What the Wealth. I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, Certified Financial Planner. Co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners and owner of What the Wealth. This podcast is designed to help you go from financial confusion to financial confidence. Today, we're going to be talking about tax loss harvesting. And I read a white paper from Russell Investments that talks a lot about tax loss harvesting. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what, what it is, how you use it, just making sense of the noise. So again, you can, you can be confident about your retirement your financials, and and how to make an impact in your life. So tax-loss harvesting, what is this? This is the act of selling an asset that is lower in price than the original price on an adjusted cost basis. So to rephrase that, when you're harvesting taxes or tax-loss harvesting, it simply means you're selling an investment or an asset that you bought down in value from what you originally paid. So if you paid $100 a share for a stock, and today the stock is worth $50 a share, you would have a $50 a loss per share. So that would be selling that would harvest those losses. And the question would be, why would you wanna sell something at a loss anyway? Isn't the point of investing to buy low and sell high? And of course the answer is a resounding yes, But that's not how investing actually works. Not everything just goes straight up, especially straight up like the space shuttle. You know, when you buy some investment, some things go up, some things go down, but nothing works all at the same time. And so, sometimes some of the investments you make are bad investments. They go down. Sometimes they're good investments. They just go down first before they go back up. And so, you can use this strategy to help minimize some of your taxable liability. We'll talk about that again here in a little bit. So this the loss that is harvested when you sell something at a loss today helps to offset gains that you would get from selling an asset at a profit in the future. So you're you're locking in gains today, excuse me, you're locking in losses today. To utilize uh, those losses against a gain, the idea is that you're washing each other out or canceling each other out when you file your taxes at a future time. So, deferring this gain by harvesting these losses again just helps lower your tax liability. So, if you do this correctly, this should increase your after tax returns and help pursue your after-tax wealth. Again, so this strategy is designed to really help with after-tax gains. So who would benefit from this? Those that would benefit from this would be the people that have an investment account that is in a non-qualified account. Now, qualified means that it's a retirement account, an IRA, a Roth IRA, a 403B, Something of that nature, where you're not paying taxes on the transactions. A non-qualified account is an account that is, well, not a retirement account. Thus, any transaction you make, if you sell it at a profit, is is a taxable gain. And if you sell it at a loss, you're selling it at a capital loss. Those gains and losses can be offset against each other but if you sell something at a profit, it's going to be taxable to you. You're going to pay taxes on that profit. So again, those who benefit from this are going to be investors that have an account that is non-qualified or non-retirement, also known as a taxable investment account. So doing this productive or proactive is what I should have said, proactive tax loss harvesting could be a pretty big difference in maybe some of your taxable liability. There's an issue here though. You have to admit you're wrong. And sometimes the psychology of admitting you're wrong can be difficult, especially when we're talking about our investments. We don't like to admit we're wrong. So instead of admitting we're wrong, we'll hold on to the investment. And even if it's losing value, we'll hold on, we'll hold on, we'll hold on, hoping that one day it recovers back to even. At that point, we might sell, or maybe we're going to hold on to get make it a profit before we sell. So sometimes we have this, this bias that won't let us be proactive in that tax loss harvesting case. And so we end up anchoring to that position, and we have that that bias to hold on to it. So that's that's part of it. The other part of it is a theory known as the disposition effect, which states investors tend to sell assets that have increased in value while keeping assets that have dropped in value. So this kind of goes back to the, the comment before that, but the mm-hmm. idea that we don't like to lose. And so when we see a position on our portfolio on our account that's down in value. Oftentimes, we are more likely to hold on to that because we don't like losing money instead of potentially selling it for a tax loss to offset against, again, future gains. And so, again, that's the disposition effect, which states that investors tend to sell assets that have increased in value while keeping assets that have dropped in value. Investors tend to do their tax loss harvesting at the end of the year. I think it's a it's almost like it's a countdown clock to December 31st. You know, you have to do it before the end of the year to to count it for when you file your taxes. And so it's easy just to kind of think, oh, yeah, you know, I have till the end of the year to do this, better go through my account, pour over it real quickly, uh, identify some stocks that are down in value, bam, 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 sell those. And we've harvested losses. They may not necessarily be the best thing to do it, the best timing the best time to do that. We might need to take a step back and look at some of maybe the other months to see what's the best time and not just do that at the end of the year. So this is information from the Russell Investments white paper. And that what they said was since 1926, the US stock market based on the S&P 500 index has been positive more than 70% of the time looking at calendar years. Over that 70% years, again, this is based on fact set data, in terms of monthly returns, November has been the single best stock market month, and December has been the third best stock market month. So this is just looking back at over the last 70 years, which months have been the best. November has been the the best, December has been the third best, the best month. So if we are isolating the end of the month or excuse me, the end of the year to do these tax loss harvesting, then we're potentially doing that at the time when over the last 70 years, according to FactSet, the market has done the best in that fourth quarter. A lot of times people will call that fourth quarter the the performance that you get that November, December timeframe, the Santa Claus rally. So in other words, you know, waiting until November, December might not be the best time. We might want to look at a couple of other times to do that. One of the other things that this Russell Investments white paper points out, which I thought was you know really good, was that this is not just limited to higher income earners. It could be limited to, to those investors that are in lower tax brackets. So as an example, if someone is in the 24% tax bracket and there's a... Medicare tax, and you're able to sell, you know, capture that at a loss um, on a $3,000 investment, you would save $834 in taxes. That's a big deal. Or you could also sell $3,000 in taxes, sell $3,000 in gains, and wash each other out and pay zero taxes. So that is something that's, I think it's important. It's, this is not just about the people that are in the the 37% tax bracket and high tax brackets this can be for people in lower tax brackets and i think it's important to understand how this strategy works to help uh, utilize in your portfolio if it makes sense for you and if you have a non-retirement a taxable account so a couple of things that could could trip you up a couple of mistakes that could that that come along with tax loss harvesting these are common Again, this is from that Russell Investments white paper. So the first one is after harvesting the loss, being in cash for 31 days or choosing the wrong replacement security. So if you harvest the loss, you could immediately go into a a similar investment. You can't immediately buy the same thing. So I'm gonna go back into that here in, in the second one. But what this is saying is, The idea of of harvesting these losses, to sell something at a loss in order to capture the loss for tax purposes, it might make sense to immediately invest in something else in order to make sure that you're not sitting in cash too long earning nothing. So maybe we sell something that's down and we subsequently, to capture that loss, subsequently buy something else that's at a loss so that our money stays working for us. We capture the loss, and then we're in another position. Hopefully, we see that position gain value. So you don't want to sit in cash too long. Sitting in cash with too much money can be detrimental to your investment objectives. The second one is buying a similar security and having that loss disallowed. So when you sell a security at a loss, it you also have to be careful of this wash sale. So if if you sell a security at a loss and turn around within 31 days and buy the same security, the the IRS will actually wash that out. You do not get to take credit for that loss. So it's a, it's imperative that if you're using this strategy, you are not buying the same security. So if you sell ABC stock, you you need to go buy XYZ stock as a replacement because if you sell abc stock and then within that 30 day window buy abc stock back you have disallowed your loss you have to buy something else you also can't buy a stock that is similar so you need to buy an investment that is different in nature and this can be different this could be based on security type it could be based on the fund it could be based on many things so it's it's important to buy something that is completely different than the stock or the investment that you are selling. The th- The third common mistake is thinking that you need to employ this strategy every time a stock goes down and locking in that loss every single time. Part of investing is isolating and picking your investment policy statement and, and coming up with your investment strategy. And again, that means we're going to see some of these investments ebb and flow. They're going to go up and they're going to go down. And so, we don't want to just sell one of these stocks or one of these investments. It could be an ETF, it could be a mutual fund, it could be a stock, it could be many things. So, I, I know I've mentioned stock a lot, but I, I guess that's just where my mind. I don't, I don't necessarily mean to isolate just stocks. It can be investments. And so when you sell one of these investments too quick on the short end, then it may just be having a minor, let's call it a bad day, it may just be having a bad day or two. So you don't want to pull the trigger too quickly and then the stop the the investment turn and 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 go back up. And so to being being quick on the trigger could also be detrimental. You want to let some of this stuff play out, let it ebb and flow. So you might want to look at this, you know, at the end of the month, you might want to look at this on a quarterly basis, on a semi-annual basis. And on an annual basis, we don't necessarily just need to look at it annually. If, if you're going to use the strategy, it's something you want to maybe look at more often than that, but you also want to give your time for your investments to work. So not being too quick to make a decisions and, and potentially sell something at a loss, let it kind of play out before you do that and making sure that you're actually getting the, the benefit of going through that process and, and selling that position for a loss in order to offset against its gain. So those would be kind of the three mistakes. We'll go back over those again. Once you harvest the loss, once you sell the position at a loss sitting in cash for too long, that could be detrimental to your investment objective. Buying a similar security, you can't do that. So if you buy a similar security and having that loss disallowed would be another common mistake or even buying the exact same stock within a 30-day window would be would also disallow that so that's called the wash rule you want to make sure that you you don't do that and then third being too quick to make a decision and, and too hasty and, and that causing you to move too fast and not let this investment work for you making sure that there's enough in there to make to take advantage of you know substantial tax loss harvesting and I'm not saying you got to let it fall 90% but you know if the stock pulls back 2 3 4% you know you're you're one probably not giving the stock enough time to actually work for you and number two you know you may not be getting enough out of that strategy to really benefit from from going through the process so this is a, a, a topic that comes along a lot coming into quarter four, because that's when it's on most people's minds. Oh, I got to do it by December 31st. Got to peruse through my account, see if there's any account uh, uh, investments that I can sell to loss in this taxable account. Just think about how this actually works and when's the best time to do it. It may not be in the fourth quarter. I'll give you an example. So in, in March of 2020, the market was down 35%. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, in the first quarter, maybe it's in the summer, who knows, but it doesn't always end in that fourth quarter. So just think about that. If you have questions about this, you know, reach out to your CPA, reach out to your financial advisor. If you don't have a financial advisor, reach out to me. You can, you can email me at Jonathan at what the wealth.com. Happy to, to talk with you, answer any questions you have this uh, strategy is something that is, is very important to to know and to understand when it comes to investing, especially in those taxable accounts. So uh, again, think about it. If you have questions, reach out. Hope this has been helpful. Thank you for listening to What the Wealth podcast. This again is Jonathan Bedner, I'm your host and look forward to seeing you on the next one. Remember to go out and create the life you love.
0: Thank you for joining us on What The Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love.